good old Matthew doesn't leave us much time to feel good about Christmas. No sooner have the wise men arrived with their gifts than Joseph is told to scoop up all that gold and myrrh and head out to Egypt. In a few short verses, Mary and Joseph are traveling all over the place and they don't even have Google Maps. The angel was clearly a better guide. And if you ever visit Egypt, you will be amazed at how many places Joseph and Mary stop because there's an Orthodox Coptic church at every one of them. Joseph was on the run. Jesus was a migrant. And those who call themselves Christians dare not forget this. And then there is this horrible massacre. The cries of Jesus in the manger, without much change in scenery, become Rachel weeping for her children because of some mad despot becoming afraid. How many mothers continue to weep due to some dictator or some religious fanatic. So Matthew raises many questions for us this Christmas. Wouldn't it have been a slightly better strategy if the angel had just knocked off Herod rather than warning Joseph in a dream? Jesus was saved, but what about the rest of Bethlehem? Those are important and have remained important questions for Christians during Christmas for a long time. But Christmas is full of other questions as well. And so I want to leave behind these difficult questions that Matthew poses and instead go to some others. Because quickly, in the life of the early church, Questions arose about how to understand this Jesus. In what sense is Christ Messiah? What does this incarnation really mean? Maybe this human form was only a godly disguise. And in the book of Hebrews, this we find this book right in the midst of those kinds of questions. Bear with me. Hebrews is a little bit tough. Uh, but I thought it maybe was good if we start this new year with some of his strange language and his surprising take on who Jesus is for us. Christ is the pioneer of our faith precisely through suffering, Hebrews says. And God becoming human in Jesus, for the author of Hebrews, was a complete and radical incarnation. The writer says, therefore Jesus had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect 
so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. So for the writer of Hebrews, God is not pretending to be human. God becomes human. The word became flesh in every respect, down to the burps from beer or the gas from broccoli, but also enjoying the wonder of fresh strawberries direct from the vine or the delight of a kiss. This Jesus is so much like us that he calls us brothers and sisters. In Christ, we share flesh and blood. Now, that seems obvious over all these centuries, but are we really ready to go this far? Christ is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. It does away with rank and status. In some ways, the Christian tradition hasn't taken Hebrews seriously enough. The Jesus on the right hand of God is the same Jesus with his arms around our neck asking, how you doing, bro? The Jesus exalted on high is the same Jesus calling us friends and washing our feet. I love the prayer from Uganda. Blessed are you, O Christ child, that your cradle was so low that shepherds, poorest and simplest of earthly people, could yet kneel beside you and look level-eyed into the face of God. What a come down. God becoming human in every respect. God suffering like a dying man. And this was a big problem for the ancient world. It could not imagine how God could suffer. God was way up there on the top of the ladder without any rungs, so only angels with wings were able to ascend. The early church had to keep on insisting that Jesus Christ was really human, like us. It was easy to find agreement about Christ seated at the right hand of God and the name above every name. The mumbling begins with the difficult part about Christ emptying himself, taking the form of a slave. What God does that and still keeps the title God? The writer of Hebrews insisted, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, more family than governance, more connected than categories, more together than deciding who is above and who is below. It is almost too shocking to suggest that in Christ we can give God a hug and God hugs us in return. Or maybe we would prefer 
someone who could actually pull a little more weight. The writer of Hebrews argues that Christ is like us, human. I would suggest that in our times, the struggle is the opposite. It's the God part that is the stretch. We have no problems considering Jesus as a monumental rabbi, a model of compassion, a healer, a martyr. But what might it mean for us to take serious that Jesus the Christ is also God? Then he is not one choice among many. He is not a temporary binge when one needs a little morality. His embracing us as brothers and sisters would mean that at the center of things is not a throne which no one can reach, but rather a cosmic embrace. If Jesus Christ is God, then the living worth the living becomes love. In fact, Jesus changes how we understand God. We toss off the words, almighty, everlasting glory, but in Christ, even those big words get redefined. Glory is a cross. Almighty is not an old man with a wax beard giving orders, but the one who's unafraid to wash feet. Everlasting includes enduring death, like us. And even for our times, Christ seems so ungodly. Wouldn't we rather have somebody putting his finger on the scale so we have a bit of an edge? Don't we want a God who can crack Putin over the head or flip a switch to drown some of those nasty cells taking us down? Who needs Jesus, our brother, kind and good? Hebrews says, because Jesus was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. He says, Jesus frees us from the slavery by the fear of death and insists that Jesus is human. But because Jesus is also God, he pioneers us towards life. A life that leaves behind winning and losing to discover traveling with brothers and sisters in Jesus' community. Because Jesus is God, we leave behind our judgments and our righteous pride. Jesus touches the untouchable and enjoys the sensuality of his feet being washed by woman's hair. Because Jesus is God, mercy and openness to others and giving away our money to the poor are not options. They become integral to who we are as Christians. And when we fail, he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, and we feel his arm around our neck, and he asks, how you doing? 
because Jesus is God. God is love. There are no proofs that love is at the very center of things. After all, there are still all those massacres and migrants are waiting on walled borders. So I cannot prove that love is at the center of things. But I do witness it. However much we are tempted, Jesus keeps pioneering us back to this basic life-giving source. Once in a while, true, I enjoy eating at a nice restaurant where someone else does the dishes. But that never measures up to the spirit I find chopping onions with others preparing onions in the soup kitchen. Isn't there a difference? I enjoy going to see a movie or the opera with all those great singers, but nothing of that compares to us singing together here, where every voice can add its part, whether they're great singing or not. And sometimes the roof trembles and the floor shakes. During the pandemic, I discovered, yeah, I can be quite satisfied on my own. But Zoom does not replace the stories told face to face. When the full-bodied emotion of hurt comes tumbling out, and in its tumbling finds what might heal. Deep down, we know that in the loving is the living. Jesus, in his humanity, points to where God is, becoming flesh, dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. There, in all the mess and the struggle, we behold God's glory. And even in the mass massacres and the mad rush to a border, in the tears and the fears, God is there. And just when we want to crawl into a hole because the testing is too strong, Jesus comes to help. His arm goes around our neck and he simply says, how are you doing? He may not be the God we wanted, but he is the pioneer leading to life. And it is this God, become like us in all respects, to whom we join the cherubim in our song. Amen.